0: Welcome to Matter of Fat, a body-positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. I'm Kat Palavoda, a local fat feminist here for your plus-size fits, small business tips,
1: and so wetter weather. I'm joined by my co-host, Soraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Soraya, multiracial millennial living and working in Minneapolis. I'm fat and so ready for fall and Halloween that I just watched the Backstreet Boys Everybody video, and we (laughs) are excited to present Matter of Fat. We're here to talk about the cultural politics of fat bodies here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the greater Midwest. So, welcome to episode four. Uh, our last two episodes have been mini sods focused on local events we've attended, and now we're excited to get back to our regularly scheduled programming.
0: Yeah, we're back to our usual with some great segments and a fabulous interview. But first, we have to find out what's happening in the, the Fat Dish.
1: The fat dish is like the classic back-to-school bake sale, but instead of store-bought cookies parceled up in Ziplocs... With an exorbitant markup, (laughs) we're bringing you
0: a tasty smorgasbord of local events and personal newsworthy dish with a lens on body size,
1: body positivity, and fat liberation. That's right. We talk about all things rad happening in our fat Midwestern lives. For example... I just wrapped up a class on ethics and diversity within my psychology grad degree, which was great. Feels good to be done with another course. Um, I got a new to me couch. That is changing my lounging game. Yeah, Yeah, I love it so much. So long, Grandpa's 90s leather (laughs) loveseat. It's gotten me through a lot of periods in my life. A lot of sitting happened, a lot of lounging, but I'm really (laughs) excited for this new couch. It's changed my life. Um, I've also bid adieu to a really, really good friend who has moved to New York and is officially a New Yorker now. So, um, missing her, but glad she's had safe travels. And... Hmm. I guess the only other noteworthy thing is that I've caught up on the Great British Bake Off, Have the new season. <laughs> 10 out of 10 for productivity on my part. <laughs> um also weather alerts. Oh, it is the Midwest. This is a Midwestern sensible pol- like podcast. So, uh the weather is impacting me. It's perfect. It's a balance of sunny and cool. So I've been trying to spend a lot of time outside as much as possible. And I've created this new hobby of walking around neighborhoods with my friends and pointing out the houses that I now are, own or want to live in. That sounds awesome. It's really great. There's a lot of cute neighborhoods around Minneapolis and St. Paul. And I think I own like 100 houses now. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a real estate mogul. <laughs> Get at me. But uh, Kat, what's new with you? Um, things are
0: great and very busy um, we so at the shop uh, we have had some kind of sexy sultry events happening Ooh. this month um, so we actually one happens tomorrow as you're listening to this um, and they've been cool because I've been able to collab with people with wonderful friends so like I have my friend who's a sex therapist Angela Callison to do a talk about fat sex I have my friend who is a plus size burlesque performer Diva Rose and um, we co-produced a plus size burlesque show together Maybe. and then I worked with a local media company Arie's firebomb to create a documentary that we're screening tomorrow night at our Fashion Week Minnesota event. So that's been really um fun and exciting. And also, Soraya, I've been doing some stuff with our alma mater. Go Pipers! I've been at Hamlin a bunch lately, um, and that's been really fun. One of the things that I was able to do was to be on a career podcast for the Career Development we Center. Love our we our podcast. We do. And I'm really like excited and impressed that they're doing a podcast. It's awesome. I and mean, anyone can listen. It's in iTunes. It's just like, I don't know, very, very cool. So it was a, uh, a treat to be asked to do that. And I have to give them names of other people I know. So, Soraya, maybe you'll maybe you'll get a little me invite to that. A real to. estate mogul. Yeah. Come for me.
2: <laughs> I
0: also wanted to mention that I've been watching lots of movies lately in my preferred
1: uh way to do so, which is alone in a theater. Uh, <laughs> it's just the She's very, very best. emphatic. Like you can't see her eyes, but she is she's emphatic that alone in a theater is the way like, to do it. Like,
0: I'll go with other people, but I would just hundred percent prefer to be alone mm-hmm. at a movie. And the one of the best ones I think I've seen recently was Black Klansmen. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. I know you saw it too. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And then, of course, the Netflix to all the boys I've loved before everyone's been talking about it with like rightfully so it's it's lovely Laura Jean Laura Jean Laura Jean I also in terms of media, I want to say that our one of our favorite podcasts, she's all fat, is back for season three, so we've been listening to that and really enjoying it yeah
1: oh, it's so good they're it's great, oh so good, they're killing it and Like we're excited about all these media recommendations, Mm -hmm. but we have a really, really exciting one in our Dirt and Discourse for you. Um, We're we're jazzed to share that with you. But before we get to that, we got to get into some upcoming events. So. Without further ado, I'm going to share some things coming up. Um, Amber Carnes will be in the Twin Cities the first weekend in October. So Amber is the founder of Body Positive Yoga, and she'll be doing yoga classes and workshops, um, some specifically for larger bodies, at Tula Yoga and Yes Yoga. Uh, She'll also be hosting a panel about body positivity and fat liberation at Cake that weekend. Yeah.
0: This week is Fashion Week Minnesota, so a reminder that the flyover event that Simeon talked about in his interview a couple episodes ago is happening this Friday, September 28th at 5.30 p.m., and our event at Cake Plus Size Resale is happening tomorrow, Thursday, September 27th. Also, we'll probably share more about this uh, next episode, but I want you to mark your calendars for the Big Fat Super Swap, which is coming up soon. So the Big Fat Super Swap is an all-gender clothing swap for sizes 2X, 2XL and above. There's also an in InBetweenie swap for sizes large and extra large. They're coming up in October. So the in InBetweenie swap is o- October 14th, and the Big Fat Super Swap is October 20th. Be sure to follow the Big Fat Super Swap Facebook page for more information about both of those events, and maybe we'll share a little more info soon. Mmm,
1: what a full fat is Yeah. Honestly, if we're running with this bake sale idea, which I'm going to run, <laughs> I'm out the door. I feel like I'm walking away with a delicious blueberry ricotta cake. Um, sorry, Cub. Those cookies <laughs> that are on that random table in the middle of the bakery section next to those sad-looking pretzel buns and the lemon scones are just going to have to wait. Uh, Mary Berry would approve of this bake. Also, I totally know that Mary Berry is not on the most recent season of Great British Bake Off. Also, Kat would like me to stop with the Great British Bake Off. I just don't get any of the references. (laughs) That's all
0: right. I haven't been watching. I get none of them.
1: That's all right. But I'm glad Mary Berry approves. You know, Mary Berry does approve. And unfortunately enough, um, we've got a great interview to end this this rant. This episode, we get to talk with Jessica Zaldivar. When we interviewed Jessica, she was living in the Twin Cities, but spoiler alert, she has since moved to Ireland. Before her move, she was working as a nurse practitioner uh, in reproductive health, so just fair warning that we will be talking with her about her profession, and there will be mention of medical abortion.
0: We'll be focusing on her experience as a fat woman in the medical field, both as a practitioner and a patient, catch up on some Netflix suggestions, and talk about what it takes to move to another part of the world.
2: Jessica, tell us your story as a matter of fat. Okay, I thought a lot about this since you sent it to me, and um, I guess it just made me think more about fat, I guess, Um, which is funny because I would say that I probably think about that a lot during the day, and then just to think about, like, the history. um, I think a big thing... uh, For some reason, I keep going back to the fact that I, like, first did Weight Watchers when I was 10, Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think. And I think also, like, I'm watching Dialand right now, so there's a lot of just, like, with her childhood stuff. And so I think what's been coming up for me more is thinking about, like, my relationship to food and kind of when things sort of changed for me and I was, like this is the body I have. Like, I think a lot about Lindy West and her, like, I don't want to live my life as a failed thin person. Yeah. I think if for me, that was kind of the moment where I was like, yeah, I have to stop living my life like a failed thin person. And w- what point in life was that for you? Um, I think it was just as I was just f- fighting all the time and f- feeling like there was something I was never going to achieve and realizing that I needed to live my life um, and that I was going to continue to exist in my life regardless of you know, that whether this happened or this didn't happen. And then finding, I mean, social media in a funny way, like in following fat people on Instagram, seeing like amazing, sexy fat people living yeah. their lives and doing things yeah. um, really changed things for me. And it's a funny thing about representation because I wouldn't, I mean, I was older. I was probably in my late 30s. And so it was like Yeah, I'm on Instagram following these fashion people, Um, but it really did shift how I felt like I could be in my body, which, um, and just realizing, like, this is my body and my life and, like, the work that you've done. I mean, I've followed you on Instagram for years and, you know, just having this community of people that are like, we like awesome clothes and we like to go out and be awesome and we're allowed to be in public and take up space and um, and so definitely journey and I'm not always great at it for sure, but... um, I think my big, I've started, like, asking r- at restaurants to not sit at high tops and have chairs without arms. And that felt like a big thing. That yeah. was pretty recent that, that, I, that I started, like, being more forward about that. So, um, yeah, so I think it's just learning to live in this body. And um, I would say this kind of thing and talking to people and seeing people out in the world has been the biggest, the biggest shift for me. Awesome. Thank yeah. you for sharing that.
0: I agree Wholeheartedly about the idea of just like seeing more bodies that look like ours and or bodies that you just don't nor- normally like quote unquote mm-hmm. see um, on TV and I think Instagram and social media for all their faults like really do a very good job of giving us access to mm-hmm. those kind of images and I think yeah. it's just important yeah You're in the medical field. Yes. How did you develop an interest in medicine? How did all of this happen? Tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are career-wise. And share with our listeners what
2: you do. Yeah. Um, So I work in a sexual health clinic. And I grew up in kind of a medical family. So my dad's a doctor. My mother worked in medicine. Um, And so I think I always had kind of an interest and interest in anatomy and bodies and how bodies worked and that kind of thing. I went sort of a more social justice route as my career kind of an education continued. My parents were always like you're going to go into medicine and I was like no I'm not going to go to medicine. <laughs> um, so I actually went to, came to abortion care really early. I started working at an abortion clinic in my hometown as a teenager and then kind of went a more social justice angle with that in college and so I was doing more like policy and and then as I started working with particularly patients seeking and having abortions, I sort of thought, you know, I actually want to do the healthcare part of it. Mm. I, that I really like the big picture policy stuff, but I it's the inter- person-to-person interaction that for me was what I loved the most. And so I was living in, I've been in Minneapolis for about 17 years, and at that time I decided to go to nursing school and then become a nurse practitioner from there. So I'm a nurse practitioner, Um, or advanced practice registered nurse, our stuff keeps changing, (laughs) um, with a women's quote unquote women's health, uh, specialty. So you're doing important work. Well, thank you. I love it. That is wonderful. And we want
0: to know more about what you love. So like, what brings you the most joy in
2: your role? Um, definitely it's the one-on-one talking to patients. We don't have a lot of time for those interactions, so I feel like they're very, um, you kind of have to be, get to the important stuff quickly. Um, but I get to meet a lot of really cool people who are doing lots of cool things and I sort of get a little window into their lives and their day and what's important to them. Um, and I like that I can just, for that one thing, can be useful to them in some way. Yeah. So my definite, my healthcare philosophy is like, what do you need today and how can I help you get that? Um, and if it's you know not something that I can make happen then, it's like, how can I get you to the thing that can get you there? Um, so that's sort of what I have. It's like I can do this one thing for this person in their big life. And that's did by far my favorite part.
0: That's awesome. And yeah. important, like... When you're at the doctor and you need something, often that's an important thing. <laughs> yeah. Or often you're like coming with a lot of, um, you know, like obstacles maybe that are getting in your way, and so having someone who's like, "Yes, let's figure this out yeah. right now. Let's do this." That's important. Yeah.
2: It's it's definitely my, and I try to take that with me when I interact with healthcare, but I mean, it is really hard. Yeah. Yeah. What is it like being a fat person in the medical field? I I thought a lot about that. I would definitely say. There's been so many. Uh, like all of us, I have so many ridiculous stories. Like how hard it was to get a lab coat that fit. Dang! It took six months. No. To get a lab coat that fit my body, and it just—I mean—it became to a point where it was like my running joke, where I was like, "What do? They, like, what are they waiting for?" And I didn't even feel like—I mean, I'm not even super fat. I'm kind of not really small fat. I'm kind of middle fat, but not something where my like a size of a lab coat I would need would be something that would be very rarely asked for. And so it was really interesting that it took the company to fight six months to find me a lab coat, that fit. So there's weird things like that. And then just thinking about like um, the kind of medicalization of fat comes up in so many ways. And so mm. even if, you know, there are some things that, you know, in my own individual practice, that is not a systemic thing necessarily so um, I know in a lot of online communities people often talk about just how hard it is that they're like BMIs on their medical record like yeah. right away and they're um, you know getting the weight and like getting handouts on diet or whatever well a lot of that is is systemic it's not a choice it's not necessarily a choice that the provider's even making it's just ah. happens automatically and so to be aware of some of those like you know like obesity is an automatically populated diagnosis that you don't even type in it's like when that weight and height gets entered so it's like oh. you know there's some there's some of that like electronic health record and systemic healthcare things that i of course just sort of roll with cuz i know but to also to just remember like people who don't like a lot of this stuff is really upsetting yeah. and, and especially when it because it's yeah it just feels really personal even though it's a systemic issue mm-hmm. um and then trainings like I was thinking about that today because I I was pretty recently in a training with a colleague who I'd actually consider a friend like would have had friendly like gone out to drinks kind of conversation mm-hmm. and offhandedly she just said well As healthcare providers, we really need to be recommending patients with this particular BMI for weight loss surgery, and I was stunned. Whoa! And I still am really sad that I didn't say anything in the moment, but I was so shocked slash hurt. Yeah. (laughs) And and stuff like that does happen all the time, and I guess I just you know a lot of times don't think about it. That one really stung, and I still think about that one, but. you know, just and all the medical articles and all the, like, journalizations and the medicalization of fat, it's really, it is nonstop. So I think it is hard, and it's hard for me, too, because I'm quite often the biggest person in the room. Yeah. And so then, you know, when some things come up, it's just like, I'm, okay, well, I'm going to bring this up again about how this doesn't fit or we need a bigger whatever or, you know, we need to, you know, look at making sure we have the gowns you know because I've been in the doctor's office and not been able to close the gown and having to sit there on the table naked with the little strips of fabric and I just you know it breaks my heart if, if I'm working in an environment where sometimes that happens to people too yeah so it I would say it's it's a really I have to just kind of compartmentalize everything it's like my myself and then this bigger system and some days I feel like I work can kind of go through it and be a champion and some days you just hide in your corner because mm-hmm. I have my own medical stuff too mm-hmm. you know yeah, you're a person you have a, I body. have a person I have a body and I have a body that you know is is not is doing things that I wish it wasn't doing and you know I got like test work back today and I just was already anticipating what the like conversation with the doctor is going to be on oh, tomorrow yeah. and like just you know that that whole thing about good fatty, bad fatty, mm-hmm. like this has been maybe my year.
0: Yeah, that is just something that like things that fat people encounter at the doctor are things that you encounter, even though you're like, but I'm also a medical professional. Yeah. And like, even if you can like rationalize around right. it, those feelings are still there.
2: And sometimes I think my knowledge helps me because I, my big thing is you don't get, you don't need information you don't need. So if I'm going to the doctor, I'm getting better if I'm going to the doctor and I know they don't need my weight. I do not I'm not doing it. I just about do and I I you have, don't have to do it. I don't you have can to do say it. No. It's not medically necessary. They've had it a few times this year. Whatever. We can do better. Yeah. Yeah. I wanna back
0: up a little bit because you were talking about like good fatty, bad, fatty, and I think we know what you mean by that. But I wonder if our listeners like might not be
2: so sure what we're talking about. Oh,
0: okay. So we should talk about that yeah. for a minute. So when you say that, what do you mean?
2: Well, um let's chat about that for a yeah. second. Yeah. So I think a lot of it or what it means to me is the like <laughs> to like Facebook comments that are like it's not her fault she's fat she has a medical condition and she can't help it and she's beautiful and um <laughs> yeah you know or like yeah I'm fat but you know my blood pressure is great and I you know great blood sugar or whatever and you know and then and I'm really active and then as I'm kind of you know just as my own body's changing, I'm just really struggling with the like, well, but you don't know that to anyone. Like yeah. what what if my blood pressure isn't good? And what if I'm not working out three times a week? And what if and I think people assume we don't know, which is the other thing about healthcare that kind of drives me crazy. When we interact with anyone, but when we go to the doctor's office, we know we're fat. I know I'm fat. I have known I'm fat my whole life. Yeah. I am not just going to the doctor and being like, Really? Exercise. Say it ain't so. <laughs> never I, thought of you such know, a thing. I have never seen any weight loss advertisements on television. I did not know about <laughs> I this. Live in America. I, it's um. just it's it's not a surprise. And so, mm-hmm. what's helpful about that? Like nothing is helpful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that kind of idea of how how can I be in this body as it's doing what it's doing and not you know hating myself all the time. Yeah. And so, for me, that like. You know, I used to hold on to any little thing like, yeah, I, I exercise. And so I'm it's OK that I'm and now it's like, well, what if what if none of those things are true? Yeah. Um. And so I've just been I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Just kind of. um that idea of like just everyone has a right to exist and be in their body and be met where they are.
0: Yeah, and that I would go so far as to say that health is not a moral obligation. There,
2: I like that. That
0: health is. I mean, if if you if folks are if health is important to someone and that's something they're trying to pursue, right. cool. But if that's not something that's important to someone and that's not something they're actively trying to pursue, also cool. Right. Because it is what it is. Like it right. doesn't. Your health and your morality are not tied up together.
2: Exactly. Yes. It does not yeah. make you a good yeah yeah exactly
0: and then I think that um just exactly to what you were saying like a lot of times and I can say for myself that I know for a time in my life I was pretty guilty of this too I'm like yeah I'm a larger lady yeah I'm a fat person larger lady Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I'm a fat person um but I but like I'm going to Zumba three times a week though and I like look at this like you know I would spend a lot of time like talking on social media about um, activity that I did or talking Mm -hmm. about like these like Clean eating meals that I made, or mm-hmm. things like that, and part of it was just like a lot of people in larger bodies kind of feel the need to uh, remind folks that they are doing things that are like quote unquote good because somehow, I mean, because it's based on how we're uh, responded to in society, people treat us a little bit differently. If you're like, oh well, that person's fat, but look at them, you know, doing mm-hmm. these things, mm-hmm. uh, and it shouldn't have to be that way. We should be able to do those things or not do those things. So
2: you know, however we please, right? Um, and be treated with respect regardless, right? And it's the just everybody deserves respect, yeah. and I think, and I guess that also just kind of goes back to healthcare too. And it, it's funny because we're so, I feel like just as a culture, but also just healthcare providers are much more forgiving of certain things than other things.
0: So just like we're talking about, sometimes finding medical care can be overwhelming when providers can't see beyond our weight. What are some? Do you have any tips for approaching doctors or? Um, things that you can
2: suggest for us to do that might make it a little bit easier? I think, and I'm really lucky because I live in a big city, but the, like, um, oh my gosh, crowdsourcing doctors, I think, is one of the amazing things about social media. Um, So many great you know, people and unfortunately, sometimes it comes from terrible experiences or people are like this just happened to me. I never want to go back don't there. What do you think? Where, where can I go? But mm-hmm. sometimes people and I think because there are a lot of really great um, health at every size providers in the cities. If you're but if you're really limited on where you can go, that's not an answer because, yeah. you know, you you have what you have. Um, and for me, definitely social network system. I like don't go to the doctor without letting like six people know and. Have people I can check in with even if I need to during the visit. Um, I, yeah, I tend to not, I kind of have agreements with like, I'll do weights so, at like this, you know, once a year or whatever, because I know mm-hmm. it's important for like a medical chart, whatever. But yes, things like that. Um, asking like blood pressure to be taken differently, that's something else I've started doing. Like, tell us more the, about that. The automatic cuffs are really, really, they get very, very tight, they can be really painful. And sometimes just read higher. So asking that they take it manually, asking that they take it at the end of the visit instead mm. of right when you get there. I didn't
0: know those were things
2: you could do. And those are things you can do. Um, and also just remembering that, like, it is your body. Like, And I, it's really hard, especially when it's one-on-one and you don't feel like you're the one kind of in charge. But you always get to decide what to do. And I try to remind patients that when I'm seeing them, like, right away. Like, you were, we're done when you're done. Like, you get to tell me what's okay and what's not okay. Like... I'm interacting with your body. Mm. Um, But to remember that we have that, too. And I totally am not great at this. Like, I was just remembering, as I said that about blood pressure, that at, like, you know, some weight loss clinic appointment I went to, you know, like, I'm sobbing and I'm letting them take my blood pressure. Clearly, that's not a good blood pressure. (laughs) But I didn't say, like... Could we? Could we not? You know, yeah. or I'll go in for like an injury, and they'll give me the depression questionnaire, and like I'll do it, even though clearly that's not the right time. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds you know when you're not there and in it, it sounds really easy, but kind of remembering that you are in control of your body. I mean, it's sort of like what we tell children: like no one gets to interact with your body in a way that you know you, without your consent, without your permission. Um, and so, but it's hard to do that when you're the one kind of leading that. But, yeah, you can always keep on whatever clothes you need to keep on and um, ask your blood pressure to be taken differently or even not at all. Some things you don't need a blood pressure for. Um, so just, but, it, yeah, but it's exhausting. That's yeah. a lot to ask of someone when they're yeah. asking for help. Yeah. So I think the things that I, the two big things that I try to do every time now, because I know what I need, is the weight thing blood pressure and I've been with my doctor for many years now so even though every year I get the referral to the like weight clinic Ugh. she knows where I am with it yeah and I'll just say this is not something I commit to right now she's like okay and we move on yeah. but I also know there are some great doctors in the cities who absolutely don't even have that conversation so um I really recommend people checking out some of the like health at every size Facebook groups or um I love the Twin Cities Fat Community Group. Because, I feel like
0: doctor questions are like yeah. I don't know, easily like I don't know a fourth of the questions that are yeah. talked about in so there. So
2: people have recommended great people, and I've heard great things about people. So I know that at least in the Twin Cities, there's some really great options for people. And that's always I mean, if you have that access, you know, why not start with someone that you know that you don't have to go in with that fear? Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I know you work in reproductive health. So, like, given the current state of the world and country, (laughs) I don't know what you mean. Those of us with reproductive (laughs) organs, uh, are there things that we should be thinking about more now, or like, are there? um, I don't know. Are there ways that we need to be taking care of ourselves uh, differently? Or um, I just feel like it's kind of bleak, right? And I feel like maybe there, like, I am not. just the other day, I was like, oh, no, this was in TCFC. We were talking about I said, yeah. damn, like, maybe maybe I need an IUD, you know? Like, maybe yeah. I just need to, like, do the damn thing and get this done with. Yep. Because um, that's a long, t- longer-term yep. um, kind of birth control measure. And I just don't trust the state of the world and country. And also, I think we're all watching Handmaid's Tale, and that yep. freaks me out, too, right? <laughs> yep. All <laughs> yeah, of that. So, that. so all of that. So uh, all of that, that being said, yes. are there things we should be thinking about?
2: I think... My first thought is definitely like put your oxygen mask on first. So for people who do have reproductive organs, people who are, you know, having sexual activity that can result in a pregnancy, exactly that. Like what long term, you know, like maybe and I have insurance right now or I don't. And there's a lot of great organizations here that provide low cost or free birth control. Like maybe it's not a bad idea to look at a long acting um, really effective, highly effective birth control or at least start having the conversations about it because no, and we we don't know what's going to happen even with like health insurance or anything on Mm -hmm. any given day. So I guess my first thing would definitely be like people need to really think about planning their pregnancies. And so if you're thinking, no, I don't want a pregnancy for a year, like doing something to kind of make sure that you're comfortable with how that stands, regardless of what happens in terms of if you lose your insurance or if you, you know, if things change, if things become illegal, however that goes. Yeah. It
0: just feels more serious now than it has before.
2: It does. I've been doing this for a long time and it, like, we knew it would be bad, but every day I wake up and I'm like, N- I didn't think it'd be this bad. Like, it just keeps getting
0: like worse, and worse, and worse, worse and worse and worse and yeah. worse.
2: And, and for the first time, I really don't think we know kind of how it's going to go. Like, you know, I've always been very blase about, you know, oh, they're not going to overturn Roe. Why are we always fighting about overturning Roe? And then it's like, oh, man. But we're- <laughs> But wait. but wait, yeah, it's it's just like Ooh, um, yeah. it really could happen. And then what does that look like, you know, for this country and for women? And yeah, I like that
0: perspective, like the oxygen mask first kind of. Yeah, I think mentality. in terms
2: of like, yeah, exactly. Like a lot. We, uh, we're doing so many more IUDs and implants and have been since the election. And I I think, and for many people come in and say that exact thing, they're like, this will be for another four years or five years and get me through kind of this and then to see kind of what happens next. But, um, and those, they're, it's not a ridiculous thing to think about. Good.
0: Thank you for that. Those insights. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's important that we have that on our minds. Yeah. Um, And we were so excited to have you here because we knew that you would have like some insights into this stuff (laughs) and be able to share some of the good word with us, you know, things to think about. Beyond your uh, your job, are there things like that you're passionate about that you want to talk about or anything else like <laughs> exciting in your world that you'd like to share?
2: It's really funny. I, my, and I know I've talked to you about this, but my, I'm married to an Irish national, so I'm moving mm-hmm. to Ireland next month and I've been working on it for like two years and then it recently became a reality in like May. So it's all pretty quick. So I feel like all I do is go to work and that, because <laughs> there's so many things to think about. Yeah. Um, And, uh, so that's kind of been my big thing that's been sort of overwhelming everything. So, um, spending as much time as possible with friends and trying to like soak it all in, um, before kind of things change and thinking a lot too about like my size and being an American and living in a new country. And I've been traveling a lot over the last two years internationally. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I'm obsessed with the flying while fat Facebook group. They have been so helpful. Um, there's always really good tips on there and, um, but that's such a huge, I mean, moving your body through the world and in tiny spaces with people. And, um, so I feel like in a lot of ways I've had to do some work around my body too. And just like meeting a new person's family and, (laughs) you know, having all that new like relationship stuff. And, um, yeah. So moving has been my big, my big thing, but I'm a big cat person. Oh, I and love your cats TV. going with you, right? My cat's going with yeah, me. That's so great. I think she needs her own podcast <laughs> called <laughs> "Being to Ireland." Um, it has been that's an awesome. adventure. <laughs> so, Will
0: there at least be a hashtag we can follow. I am um,
2: really going to work on that. That'd be great. Um, she has a giant shipping crate. It's a whole. It's a whole Whoa. fiasco. Um, but yeah, I love the TV. Um, so I just yeah, I've been doing a lot of like Netflix and packing boxes. What are you watching on Netflix right now? Um watching <laughs> queer eye and crying every night is like the new thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Netflix
0: and chill. Yeah, yeah it's queer like, like, eye and cry. It's like <laughs> queer eye yeah. and cry. There's
2: definitely queer eyeing and crying um, on that. And then like young A, like YA. Like, we're binging the 100 right now. Mm -hmm. So lots of, like, you know, teenagers in space kind of... Like science fiction, trashy um, TV is pretty amazing.
0: Speaking of YA Netflix, have you heard? Did you ever like read or watch Anne of Green Gables? When okay, you were
2: younger? no. Okay, I was not an Anne of Green Gables person, but I re- I listened to the pop culture happy hour about it, mm-hmm. and I'm really interested in or it. Oh Anne with an E. Yes, Netflix, Anne like, with an E. <laughs> yeah, I think it's feel good. Feel good. Feel good. TV. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like with the queer eye, you need a little bit of like feel good, no tears. I want to like sit
0: down and really watch it, yeah. and I just haven't had time. Mm-hmm. I've just been listening, watching Anne with in the background, you know what yes. I mean? Not really like tuning into something.
2: That's kind of my right now, my TV watching as well. Like, if I have to sit and focus on it, it's not going to happen. Like, it has to be done in the background while I'm doing a million other things. Um, and dialing kind of stings. Like, mm. it, it's a little, like, it's not a feel good. Like, I don't watch it and be like, that was super fun. Like, I don't think I could binge it. I think I can only do, like, okay, like, I'm going to have feelings about this and then yep. I'll watch the next one tomorrow. Got it. Yeah. Um, but it, it is sense. pretty amazing. And it's so great to see someone on screen who's like, having sex and being really like living her life in this body. I mean, it's pretty, um, yeah, it's, I definitely like it and I'm really glad it exists. I can't wait. I hope that it'll become more widely available once it sort of finishes.
0: And that ties into like exactly what you said at the top of all this, like just seeing more images, Mm -hmm. seeing more bodies, uh, that are not typically represented and that maybe remind us a little more of
1: our own. Yeah. 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 Speaking of which you mentioned like Lindy West, are there any other people that you really enjoy or have been a part of you feeling like you can
2: live your life yeah I I mean Lindy West I think maybe because she was one of the first but also just the way she writes and the way she I mean you just just immediately like I feel like she's talking to me and like we're having a conversation yeah I'm really into Samantha Irby right now and reading like every single thing she's written and following her on Instagram um and uh Oh, my, oh, Rachel Wiley, her, like, spoken word poetry. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been – I kind of, for a while, like, for a month, I was like, I'm going to read one of hers every night before bed, mm-hmm. and it was really powerful. Um, I haven't gotten her new one yet.
1: was fat, she fat here girl recently? Finish,
2: Yes, she was. I didn't go, but I think it's Fat Girl Finishing School is the one I have. A friend gave it to me as a gift, and her stuff is beautiful. And so a lot of that stuff is, like, my, like, coming back to myself end of the day – connecting with someone who, you know, can say things more eloquently than I can or, like, says something that I'm feeling but can't express. Yeah. Um, so really I think those right now. So you're
0: moving to Ireland. Yes. When this airs, you'll be in Ireland already, <laughs> actually. Uh, so we ask everyone questions about, like, m- the Midwest and uh-huh. Minnesota. But for you in particular, yeah. we want to know what you're going to miss. Yeah. What are you going to miss about Minnesota?
2: I this Minnesota's been so good to me. Um. Yeah, I moved here 17 years ago. I had a friend who I knew who needed a roommate. I'd never been here before. I'm from the East Coast. I'd actually been in Ireland for the year before I moved here. Ah. And then, you know, I've been here for 17 years. And it's just been, it's an—it's such an easy city to live in. I mean, definitely, whatever, I'm sure at the beginning it was hard. I don't really remember that. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the, the community I have here, I just can't, it's so hard to even think about, like, living without them. But... Um, I God, I love the lakes. I love them. I'm obsessed with the North shore. I go as much as possible up there. It's amazing. Um, I'm really sad I'm leaving before the state fair. I love the state fair. fair. I feel like in only a way someone who was not born here loves the state fair. (laughs) Like I am obsessed with the state fair. Um, It's like nothing I'd ever experienced before. And I go every year more than once. Um, That's sweet. So it's really sad that I'm leaving before the fair this year. I'm just like right before the fair Right before the fair. Shoot. But that'll be my like, you know, I'm going to come back. Go to the fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll have a cheese curd for you. I, when thank, we're <laughs> at the fair. thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and a sweet I appreciate that. I see, yes. <laughs> the other thing I keep obsessing about um, is I I do a lot of online shopping. And oh. the fact that my online shopping is going to be diminished is like, making me feel really anxious and that there won't be like Target and that I have to like plan my shopping. And I'm yeah. a little worried about luckily I think with at least the UK, I I know kind of some brands and yeah, I know, there's some good ones. There's some good ones, but um, and I'm, I'm in some, like, international or, like, American something Internationally Facebook groups, and I definitely do not have it nearly as bad as some people in other European countries. Mm-hmm. But I am definitely worried about clothes and about, yeah. um, like, I even almost did, like, some panicked bra shopping. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what is my access going to be um, to clothes that fit my body? And, yeah. you know, so... Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm really gonna miss my like midnight Amazon Prime shopping. Oh like yeah. big time. <laughs> oh like yeah. I'm really worried about it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so that's not really a Minnesota thing, but definitely an America thing. Yeah. I'm a little nervous about leaving my well Target. target I'm nervous is, about leaving yeah. my Target. Target world. is a very Minnesota thing. I mean, yes. though it's
0: everywhere in the U.S. Yeah, home it's, base right here. It is.
2: I mean, it's my it's my sh- it's my store. It's my grocery store. It's my everything store it's our everything. So I'm I'm nervous about leaving those things yeah. too. Um, but yeah, I would definitely. Yeah, it's gonna be really weird. I mean, I've been here longer than I've ever been anywhere. So, it I mean, this feels like home more than where I grew up. So it's gonna be interesting transition yeah
0: there's a lot yeah. to miss but there's a lot to look forward to too. i know
2: and yeah and it's you know i've been flying back and forth the last two years i will be flying back and forth again you know i'm sure so
0: yeah yeah thank you so much for your thank time you. it's just
2: so much fun to hear about all this all this good <laughs> stuff going on thanks i'm obsessed with podcasts i can't believe i'm like doing one yes!
0: <laughs> we are too that's why we have one thank you so much for your story as a matter of
1: fact we're real cheesy. <laughs> you two are the cutest. You're
0: the cutest ever.
2: You're so ever. sweet.
1: That was a great conversation. It was.
0: And I followed up with Jessica recently to see if she had any updates that we should share. Um, and she said a couple things. So she mentioned that change is hard and the process has been uh, a bit much, but it's getting easier every day and every day gets better. She passed the first part of her nursing exams there. So she can. Yeah, so she can work. Um, I think she's working to get into the um, medical field there. And then also she mentioned that finding clothes has been hard, just kind of as she predicted. <laughs> As you may or may not remember from our last episode, the Dirt and Discourse portion of our show is where we tease out both the excitement and discomfort around relevant pop and
1: cultural happenings. We are super excited to talk with you about a new digital feminist publication. Mm -hmm. So I heard about it through Instagram where I get Mm -hmm. a lot of great information. A lot of my favorites were reposting this amazing image. So it was like a shock of bright colors and it showed this beautiful fat black woman with Bleach blonde bangs, like blunt bangs, dragonfly blue eyeshadow, and these gorgeous long talon-like nails. Yes, yes, yes. She was exuding so much joy and happiness in these color-saturated images. It was like candy for my eyes. I needed to figure out what what was going on. So after following a chain of links. I landed on the saltyworld.net webpage and I was looking at it and the next time I saw Kat for podcast stuff, I was like, Kat, Cat, Kat, I want to show you this. Do you know who Amber Wagner is? I haven't heard of her before. Um, who's Amber Wagner? And Kat goes, who? <laughs> and then I showed her the picture and she goes,
0: ah, Amber Wagner. <laughs> so I did know who she was. She's on Instagram. Um, her handle is JSTLBBY, which comes from a 2 chain song. Just in Baby. Just in Baby. Um, I've been following her her for um, a little bit on Instagram and I remember like maybe a year ago or something a video came up she was just like sucking on a lollipop talking about how the like no matter how bad your day is like you you know it's not worth um, I don't know being in a negative mood about and like you are in charge of your attitude like those kind of sentiments ones that I like really um, value and I just, I love a good pep talk. And so now I see that she, like, for the last, I don't know, months, years here, has been curating this, like, awesome Instagram full of this kind of um, pep talk positive information that I am all about.
1: Yeah. And Amber is the cover star for the most recent digital release of Salty. So Salty is a volunteer-run online magazine. It seems like such a labor of love. All these amazing editors and writers from Paper, Paper, nylon refinery 29 are using their talents to highlight relevant feminist stories like and probably a slew of other publications too Mm -hmm. um this is our own like kind of analysis when we were excitedly paging through all these options that they have there but it kind of seems like these are stories being told that um don't have a place in other publications yeah they're trying to fill the vacuum of representation and it's showing up in these really amazing ways
0: it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Salty's four tenants are also awesome. They're celebration over condemnation, intersectionality, honesty, and sex positivity. We also love how they say that they're, if like, the article will be written about an identity, someone embodying that identity will be the author on that article. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, yeah, it's just common sense. I'm like, yeah, it is just common sense, but that's not what other people are out here doing. And so we really appreciate that. Um, we think that it's pretty rad. It looks like a lot of their pieces about fatness and fat bodies are by Laura Delarado, who seems pretty rad. Uh, I think she's been on my radar before,
1: but I just did a very deep Instagram dive, and I'm enjoying everything I'm seeing. (laughs) We both gravitated to one of her articles entitled, Seeing Other Fat Girls Online is Helping Me Have Better Sex which is a remarkably brief narrative of her ability to see herself in other places and find peace with her body. Like, that's a long experience, and she was so eloquent. She talked about a lot of things, like how Tumblr was a kind of a gateway into understanding that other bodies exist that mm-hmm. aren't out there. There are different modes and methods of thinking. Um, but this section really got to me, and it goes as much as it might sound elementary and childish seeing is believing if you can't see yourself in the overarching content, you can't fully grasp your worth and value. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, She talks about how she has hyper curated her internet feeds, social media feeds to provide visions of people that are not seen per magazine commercial and societal standards, which I think is a really intriguing concept because Mm -hmm. you know, with the last, uh, Political campaigns and the election cycle. There was a lot of talk about how Facebook was providing specific content, catering people um, to think in different ways. Uh, There's a lot of algorithms out there that are tracking what we're looking at, what we're buying, who we're with, and then providing us really specific messaging and things to consume. And so it seems so radical to go outside of that and say, I'm going to look for everything besides this. I'm going to create what I'm seeing so that I recognize myself as existing in the world. Yeah. Which cat? When I was talking about this with her, she brought up that like that's exactly what Jessica was talking about about seeing yourself in other bodies through Instagram. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's powerful. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so we loved that article. Um, and there's another piece that I liked as well that I wanted to mention that really kind of aligns with this. So it's called "The Patriarchies and the Algorithm." Uh, the folks at Salty shared some of their experiences encountering issues on Facebook and Instagram and with email services like Mailchimp and Constant Contact while they're starting up their brand. They are questioning the double standards about, like, how rules are enforced on these platforms and kind of questioning why, like, those rules are even there in the first place. Like, who are they serving? Mm -hmm. Their point is that the patriarchy is in the algorithm. And they explain that our digital world has been created by and for cis, straight, white men. So cis or cisgender, meaning men whose gender identities align with those assigned at birth, straight, so men who are heterosexual, and white, men whose racial identity is white. These identities are all those that hold the most power and privilege in our culture. And when intersecting together, that creates a whole lot of power and privilege, a.k.a. the patriarchy. Oh, boy. Yeah. So Salty explains, and this is a quote from them. They say, when they write the algorithm, referring to these men, when they write the algorithms, they uh, embedded all of their privileges, biases, and assumptions into these programs. And now we're all living in a digital world that they created for themselves. As the algorithms change and learn from the behavior of their users, the patriarchy festers inside of them, reinforcing and amplifying the sexist, racist status quo, click by click. This is so real. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I guess, like, I, I don't know. I, these, like, things we know, but I hadn't, like, thought of in this way. Uh, and then they go on to say... This is a quote. Historically, women of color, trans, non-binary people, women, queer people, and sex workers have been erased from records, data, and history books. These algorithms do little more than continue a violent history of erasing, deleting, and excluding our legacy, our voices, and our
1: work. Yep.
0: I mean, of course we know the history, right? Lots of voices are left out of history books. But to think that this is what's happening now through these kind of digital spaces— Mm -hmm. I just I I love um, that they were so open about some of the issues that they were encountering, um, you know, while they're setting up their platform. And I think it's just so wise and smart to be identifying these issues uh, in this way for us to be thinking about.
1: A hundred percent. It's like you said, it hasn't been something that you've been able to speak to existence, but, you know, it's. Happening, yeah, like the fact that Alex Jones just got kicked off of Twitter. Alex Jones of Infowars, like uh-huh. a horrendous person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just got kicked off Twitter like a week ago. What is this, you mm-hmm. know? So he's been allowed to continue existing in these platforms, mm-hmm. whereas Salty hasn't been able to utilize the platforms that exist from the jump, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think what we're trying to say is that there are a lot of different articles on Salty that you are going to find and love more pieces from their brand, their media brand that are going to keep developing, which is really exciting. And we want to thank Salty for doing the work and providing us with the first dirt and discourse where Kat does not have to tell them to do better. (laughs)
0: No, Salty, you're already doing so good. (laughs) We love you
1: our fourth full episode yes it was so great to catch up
0: with each other and local happenings in the fat dish to hear from jessica zaldivar about her experiences as a fat person working and existing in the medical field plus we are so happy to discover salty and so so happy to share it with
1: you It feels so, 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 so good, 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 good good to have another full-length episode (laughs) to share with you. Thanks to KFAI for providing a beautiful studio space and the awesome Hindenburg software to help us record. And thanks to Allison Ann Design and Create, who built our beautiful logo.
0: And Kyle Wurstein, who composed and created our theme music. We appreciate all of you for listening. And catch us in two weeks on another episode of Matter Matter of Fat. Fat.
1: Also, thanks to everybody who responded to our Facebook question. Happy birthday, Andrea. (laughs) Happy birthday.